0: Let me open up this morning. I'm going to ask you to please forgive me because I'm not a pastor. I'm not a preacher. I do teach, but not necessarily God's word. So it's not all about me this morning. It's what God is going to let you hear his word through me. So, uh, I just want to apologize. Yeah. And, and it is not that it's a last of the minute type thing, because what I am about to talk about this morning, I was putting together because in March, I've got to spell one of the pastors here. And I start a couple months ahead putting a message together. And then as God is revealing things to me, I keep filling it in throwing it away, changing it, dumping the computer, go back and start over again to finally come up with a finished product. A couple of weeks ago, one of the pastors, as we were going through the book of Matthew, talked about forgiveness. And the pastors are really good with expositional preaching, taking God's word piece by piece and breaking it down. I don't feel real comfortable in it because I don't have the, all of the foundation I feel I need to do that. So it's easier for me to share things from a layman perspective, from somebody sitting out there in the chairs on it, on a topic. And so the topic that I'm picking, that I want, think God needs to talk to us about more, is forgiveness. So if you would open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. Matthew 18, 21. Now this is the parable of the unforgiving servant. And whether or not we want to admit it, as... Children of God, as believers, we are servants. So this can apply to us as well. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. That's 490 times holy tamoly therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants and when he had begun or begun to settle accounts one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents 10,000 talents by the way i looked it up in today's day and age is 3.2 billion dollars so this is not going to be repayable just Figure it, it never happened. But as he was not able to pay his master, to pay his master commanded, that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, which is a very, very small amount of money. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe me. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And he would not but went and threw him in prison till he should pay the debt. So when this fellow servant, when, when his fellow servant saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not have also also have not had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you and his master was angry and delivered him up to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him so my heavenly father also do we do, do we excuse me father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses You know, I like to read a lot. I love fiction books. I love shoot them out, foreign spies, jump out of airplanes, all those kind of things that I dream I could have ever done. But when you get in the habit of reading things like that for entertainment, you don't look at the words and try to digest what the words are telling you. You're just looking at the storyline. But when we take that same approach and we read God's word, we're not getting out of it what we should be getting out of it. We're not peeling back the layers. And in this case, what are we talking about? We're talking about forgiveness. How many people have even taken and looked what Webster Dictionary says, what does the word forgive mean? I know. So I'm going to bring it up on my computer, computer, my little computer, and read what it says. Definition of forgiveness or forgiving. Stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for an offense, a flaw, or a mistake. Example, he was not a man who found it easy to forgive and to forget. Second definition, cancel, like a debt. Just what we talked about here, canceling the debt. He proposed that their debts should be forgiven. The third one, used in polite expressions as a request to excuse or regard diligently one's foibles, ignorance, impoliteness, or stupidity, or whatever you want to call it you will have to forgive my suspicious mind is the example they use. But if we break forgiveness down, and I know we want to jump immediately to what God is doing for us, but wait, there's other forgiveness. When I do something stupid, ignorant, or call somebody a particular name or suggest something i need to go apologize now that is forgiveness from my point to somebody else say please forgive me on it now i can't get them to forgive me that's up to them but i can admit my stupidity and ask for forgiveness but i have no control over that I only have control over the forgiveness from my side. So if somebody comes at me and does something against me on it, I have that option to forgive them. Now, in this particular case, this person's servant, this king's servant, asked to be forgiven. The king obliged. But then the servant went out and didn't forgive Somebody who owed him money and he was put into prison. So you got both sides of the issue going on there. So I have been um, admittedly, I'm going to say this, I have been married more than once. And a few years back, I started thinking about forgiveness. And I sent a message to my first wife who I have open communications with, doesn't live around me, don't have to share any minor children anymore with her or anything. And I said, would you forgive me for anything that I've done to you? For bad memories, for mistreating you, for whatever the case. And she sent a message back to me, and she says, there is no need to forgive you because all my memories of our marriage are good. I go, that, that was a burden that was lifted off my shoulders with it. Now, like I talk about the difference between men and women. I, ladies, please take this accurately, but you've got a memory that is 100 years long. That when something goes wrong, my wife comes to me and says, do you remember when you did this or that? And I go, yes, I did. You know, please forgive me (laughs) for it. Um, We're asking others to forgive us when we do stupid things. But now, let's take and add something onto that. Let's add the weight that we put on ourselves. And I hear it from the guys. How many of you guys out there are perfect, have never made a mistake, never done anything stupid, at all? How many of you gals are the same way? Right? Now, now wait. We we are told we are told that God forgave us, right? But we're hanging on to that ourselves, and we're not forgiven ourselves for it. And we keep bringing it up and bringing it up. Some people call that regret. I regret I did this. Throw that out the friggin' window because you can't do anything about it. It's already done, it's done, over with. Don't carry it around with you. That is unnecessary baggage because you're not forgiven yourself. We are not perfect. All we can do is pray to God and try to do better as we move forward. Pleasing him. No more. But we're going to make mistakes. Believe me. We're going to do it. That's just our nature. The way we are on it. Now we're also told our, our sins are forgiven daily. Remember that first part of the Lord's Prayer? Forgive our sins as we forgive. Or forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We're asking for that. But again, recognize the fact that when God put this plan together and gave his son to die for us that wipes out our sins daily? No. Once and for all. Forever, When you come to Christ, everything in the past is wiped out. Everything now is wiped out. See it? Everything in the future is wiped out. Now, the way I look at it, I don't want to do things that bring a bad image to being a Christian or I don't want to do what he's doing because he's, he's supposed to be a believer and he doesn't do this and he does that and stuff like that. You know, we are held by the world to a higher standard. I don't have a problem with that. I can't do it on my own. But with the help of Christ, I can do it in the Holy Spirit. I can try to get better and better and better. But because God gave us Jesus Christ and paid that payment, because it says in Romans 3.10, as it was written... There is none righteous, no, not one. We're not. We're not righteous, but we're now because of Christ. We're held that way. God, we can have that relationship with God because of Christ. We couldn't have that before at all. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God prior to Christ coming in our life, there was nothing we could do to change it. We were done, we were cooked, and if we didn't change, we were going to hell, period. Point blank. I, the the Lord, through the Holy Spirit, allowed me, encouraged me, excited me to knock on the door 36 years ago. I knocked on the door and Jesus opened the door and said, come on in. I'd spent 40 years without knowing the Lord. Do you think I made a couple of mistakes in 40 years? Okay, I'm not even going to talk about them because they don't matter. They're gone. They're done with. Their ugly head tries to come up now and then. And I don't know what there is about us as humans. And I bet every one of you feel the same way. I have dreams at night that can bring back some of those things. And I'm going, wake up in the morning and go, where in the world did that come from? I wish I could just wash it all out of my head. But it's there. All I can do when I wake up in the morning is look at Jesus and say, it's done, it's over with. Because the wages of sin, but the free gift of eternal life cancels out that death of the wages of sin. That's the gospel, right? Point blank with it. God has forgiven us. So what are we going to do to people who do things towards us? Are we going to hang on to that? And think about this message, this parable right here. That servant who did not forgive the servant who owed him a small amount of money was put into prison. Now, let me ask you when you haven't forgiven somebody and you think about them, what happens? You start to get your chest starts to get a little tight. Your jaws start to torque over a little bit. You think, man, I should have told him this or her that and this and that and everything, and it comes right back up. It is holding you in jail because you haven't released it. So as I started preparing this message a couple weeks ago, I sat down and said, who do I know that I need to forgive? Who do I know? And I'm not going to mention it. I just went back and got down on my knees and asked God to take that from me. Remove that from me because it is a block. It interferes with my joy in life when I think of, you know, like here I go. We're out in this weather. I make a stupid mistake of pulling out in front of somebody or turning or not turning on my turn signal, and somebody gives me the one-finger salute. You know, I wish I could stop and apologize. I could wave, but that—that, that, you know—I know in which way they're going to take that when I wave at them. They're not going to take it in a good way. You know, I'd like to say I'm sorry. I did it. I didn't see you. Whatever with it. But I can look in the mirror and whatnot and I see them pounding on the steering wheel and stuff like that and I know what they're saying. With it. But who is there in your mind that you need to forgive? Or to ask God to take it from you because sometimes these hurts are so bad. The memories are so bad about them. We can't forgive them on our own. We don't have that power. It's like being addicted to something, whether it's alcohol or drugs. On our own, it's almost impossible to overcome that. We have to have the Lord there His power to do it. And when it comes about, it's not about me, it's glory to Him for doing that. So I want you to think about the different layers of forgiveness. And of course, as we go on in Romans on the road to salvation, Romans 5, 8 says, but God shows us His love for us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 10, 9 through 10, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believes in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses confesses and is saved Romans 10 13 for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved Romans 5 1 therefore since we have been justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ in Romans 8 1 there is therefore now no Condemnation, no action action against, no blaming at all for those who are in Christ Jesus. Fellow brothers and sisters, not necessarily of the door church, but of Christ's church, the world church. We need to keep that in mind that it's not just us right here. It's other believers that we walk into, we run into, and stuff like that. We're going to run into it. But I I can tell you that when I wipe that slate clean of forgiving, there is an incredible weight that's lifted off my shoulders. I would pray that. It would be the same for you. So think about that. And I, and I thought about. What Craig was saying. Something this morning. that We. Uh, when we ask somebody. To forgive us. And they don't. Oh well. But when somebody does forgive you, just like when somebody thanks you, what's our natural response? Oh, that was no big deal. You don't have to say, you know, this or that to me and whatnot. No. Thank them for thinking of you and acknowledge. I appreciate you saying that to me. Don't shy it off. Don't. Because it robs them of that joy and that relief of forgiving you. So I didn't go very long today. I didn't have a lot of scripture plugged in because I normally do and all. Uh, I want to thank you for your indulgence and allowing me to fill in just a little bit for our pastors uh, I appreciate all the work that they go through to uh, bring God's word to us I hope that you'll think today about forgiveness in a different way there um, I do and I, pretty much I've cleared my slate thank heavens with it And it feels good with it. So let me also apologize to any of you that I have offended you, said something to you, looked at you cross-eyed, or not done something that you think I should have done. I apologize with it. So let's pray. Dear Father, I just come to you this morning I know that I am a sinner and that the wages of sin are death. I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, as, my, as payment for my punishment. I declare that Jesus is my Lord and profess my faith through salvation, through the death and his resurrection. Thank you for your grace and forgiveness and peace and the gift of eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen.